Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you're all awake, are you? You must be. You're at the coming out on the sleet and the hailstones. And uh, thank you for turning up at church. Uh, we are glad to be uh, able to, or I'm glad to be able to be here and preach for Pastor as he's away while we sit here in the hailstones. Hopefully, he is sunning himself. I hope he has great weather and has a great time. Uh, he definitely needs it and deserves it. So uh, pray for Pastor as he's away. He will be back tomorrow evening. Pray for him as he travels. Um, but this morning, it is the first uh, Sunday of the Christmas period. We are singing Christmas carols. Leighton has a Christmas toy on. He's all jolly and all that kind of stuff. And for those that know me, that is not that often. Um, but let, but let, let us start off uh, with a couple, of, uh, a couple of things. See, I have five kids, and sometimes things go wrong at, at Christmas. Um, you know, we, on the 1st of December every year, Claire does a Christmas dinner, and we invite the Doolins down, and we have a Christmas dinner. We all pull Christmas crackers and all that kind of stuff, and uh, there's all Christmas decorations everywhere and all that kind of stuff. But do you know what um, happens if somebody eats Christmas decorations, Paul? You get tinselitis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, look, we had a really, really good meal at our house last week. But uh, you know who's never hungry at, uh, at Christmas? The turkey. He's always stuffed. <laughs> oh no, it's going to get better. It's definitely going to get better. And last but not least, <laughs> how much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Nothing. It was on the house. Okay. So, you thought the late, late show was good? This is even better. Uh, but look, 21 days left till Christmas. Uh, it is coming upon us quick. We have our Christmas program coming up, so make sure you're involved in that and make sure you attend that, invite people out to it. But at this time of year, um, it's, uh, you know, everybody's counting down to Christmas. I know in my house, as soon as the kids wake up, what are they looking for? Advent calendars, chocolate, jellies, all that kind of stuff. Looking at before breakfast comes around like that, it's the advent calendar because they are counting down the days to Christmas. You know, the houses are all decorated, the trees are up. Uh, I'm sure the Christmas PJs have been bought and you're ready and all that kind of stuff. You've chosen your Christmas jumper. Have you all got a Christmas jumper ready for Christmas? Good. I don't like them either. Uh, but, but uh, you know, what they say is, um, they say 50% of people over Christmas will receive unwanted presents. Now, I've been thinking about this because there was a, an article on the, on the radio the other day when I was driving home and I was talking about this and I was saying that lots of people get unwanted Christmas presents. Sometimes people get presents that were obviously given to the person that gave them to them, like the year before or even the year before that, and it's just certain Christmas presents get passed from one person to the next. You know, uh, my mother has a tendency to buy me a jumper. Mothers don't buy your, your older son's jumpers. Uh, sometimes she'll buy me fake aftershave from the market. Let me encourage you, it's not real. If you buy it in a market, it's definitely fake. Okay, um, you know, you, you will get things like socks, but the worst of all Christmas presents for me is deodorant sets. They are an unwanted present. Last year I got five deodorant sets. Now I don't know whether people are saying latent smells or anything like that, I don't know about that, but all I know is I still am using last year's deodorant sets, so uh, I do not need deodorant sets. So if you're thinking about buying latent a present this year, do not buy deodorant sets, okay? Um, so there's lots of unwanted presents that go around. But uh, this morning, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the unwanted gift. We're going to look at the unwanted gift. Do you know at Christmas uh, time, many, many years ago, God presented the world 
with a gift. He presented the world with the most wonderful present it has ever received. And you know who that gift is. Uh, John 1 tells us that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. You see, we didn't receive Jesus, and we don't receive Jesus when he comes, even though he's a wonderful gift. You know, God's gift was perfect. You know, uh, when, when Jesus was examined by Pilate, Pilate said to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. In Hebrews 4.15 it says, for we, uh, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was uh, in all points tempted as as we are yet was without sin. You see, God's gift to mankind was absolutely perfect. He was right. He was the perfect gift. He was the needed gift. He was the one we needed to get. It came the way it needed. he needed to come. You know, God's gift for us um, is a personal gift. You know, you all know John 3.16. And listen, I have verses on the screen, but they're better if you look at them in your own Bible. John 3.16, it's a personal gift. For God so loved, and I marked it in yellow just so you feel included in it. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that was God's gift to us, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, God's gift is a one-size-fit-all gift. You know, it fits for everybody. There's not a single person that has ever been born in the world that God's gift is not for. And God's gift is for you, it's for me. And you know what? None of us are excluded from the benefits and the blessings of God's gift if you receive it. You know, you never have to worry if Christianity is for you. It's for everybody. It's for absolutely everybody. There's not a, a single person that has to be concerned. Maybe it won't work for me. God works for everybody. You know, in John 1 verse 7, it says, and uh, the same came forth, uh, came for a witness to, uh, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. All men, not just some, all men. God wants everybody to be saved. For that was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. You know, God wants everyone to be saved. And it's a personal thing. Parents can't do it for their children. Children can't do it for their parents. Preachers can't do it for the people in their church. You know, it's a personal thing. You have to find God for yourself. You have to accept God for yourself. But God's gift was also priceless. You know, um... In 2 Corinthians 2, 9 and 15, it says, uh, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. It's a gift. And you know what you have to do to, to make the most of a gift? You have to take it. You have to receive it. You have to open that gift. You have to, uh, you know, you have to take it on board for yourself. There's nothing you can do to receive God's wonderful gift. There's nothing that you have to do. You you don't have to do anything to be saved. You don't have to give any certain amount of money. We're going to have an offering at the end of the service um, because that's what the, we're told to do. But you know what? It doesn't matter how much money you place in those bags. You can fill those bags to overflowing this morning and that will not give you God's gift of salvation. You can be here every single time the doors are open and that won't give you salvation. You can come up and get baptized 10 times in that baptismal tank behind me and that won't give you salvation. Salvation is a free gift of God and you need to make sure that you understand and I understand that 
It's an unspeakable gift given by God. You see, God's gift is priceless. We don't have to work for it. It's a gift. If we had to work for it, it wouldn't be a gift. You know, uh, if you work a week and you come to your boss at the end of the week and he says, listen, I want to give you a gift and he hands you your wages, it's not really a gift, is it? Because you've worked for it. Well, look what the Bible says in, uh, in Titus 3.5. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of regeneration, by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. You see, God's gift is absolutely perfect. He knew what we needed, and he provided it for us. He knew we could never afford it. Forgiveness of sin can't be bought. You can't buy off God. You can't turn up a pastor when he gets back from his trip and say, you know what, pastor, I I think I need to get right with God and hand him a bag of money and say, will that do it? Is that enough? Will you pray for my sins to be forgiven, pastor? Will you pray for my dead relative's sins to be forgiven? It doesn't work like that, my friend. It doesn't work like that. See, God's gift was, was perfect, it was personal. Um, but God's gift was priceless. Um, it was priceless. Um, and uh, so what is God's gift? You all know what God's gift is, it's Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us in so many places that God's gift, that Jesus is God's gift to the world. But you know what? He wasn't wanted. When Jesus walked through the streets uh, of Jerusalem, he wasn't wanted. You know, people didn't want him around. You know, his own people rejected him. The religious people of the day didn't want him there. He upset what they were doing. I want you to look at Isaiah 53 for me for a minute. Isaiah 53. Wonderful passage. Uh, it's really getting like Christmas now with the, the sounds on the roof and stuff like that. Uh, we'd be all building snowmen in the car park after the service if we're, if we're fortunate enough. But uh, look at Isaiah 53, look at verse 2, it says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground, for he had no form of comeliness. And when we see, shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. He is despised and rejected of men. So even when the prophecy is given in Isaiah 53, it tells us that this gift of God is going to be despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow, acquainted with grief, and we hid it as, uh, as our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Even the prophecies of old, before the first Christmas ever happened, said that the people, that we the people, would reject God's gift, that we wouldn't want it, that we would despise God. You know what? Jesus is the only name in religious terms that people use as a course word, isn't it? They don't use Muhammad as a course word. I never heard anybody saying that and bad about Buddha. You know, nobody says that and about stuff like that. But they use God's son's name, God's gift as a course word out of their mouth for no reason at all. And oftentimes people don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what they're saying. The Bible says God will not hold them guiltless who take the name of the Lord in vain. It's a serious thing with God. You better watch what comes out of your mouth when it comes to God's name. Jesus was God's gift, but he was rejected and despised among men, a man of sorrows. In Matthew 21, 42, it says this, And Jesus said unto them, Did ye never read the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, 
The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. You see, it doesn't matter how many people reject Jesus. It doesn't matter how many people in this church reject Jesus. Jesus is still the head of the corner. He is still God. He is still God's son, God's gift to us. And it doesn't matter whether you receive him or reject him. You will pay the price for what you do with Jesus, just like everybody else on the planet today. You know what? Um, Why is this wonderful, unspeakable gift so unwanted? Why is Jesus so unwanted? Why is it that people don't just embrace him and live for him and love him and you know change their lives to to go along what he said and um, why is it that people have him and why is he so unwanted you know if god had to send ipads and god had to send cash gifts to everybody in the world and maybe some you know we can't get playstation 5s at the moment uh, just so you know but maybe if god sent all people playstation 5s do you think they'd receive those gifts well absolutely can you, you know what, if every Christmas morning there was a wad of cash under your tree sent by God, wouldn't you be rejoicing every Christmas morning? You won't get in the men's home. If it comes to the men's home, it's taken as a donation, just so you know. Um, but uh, why, is, why is God's gift so unwanted? Because we could have these silly things like money and game systems and iPads, and people would gladly receive them. But God sent his only son and we reject them. Why? Because of who sent the gift. Because of where the gift came from. You know what? God's gift is rejected, unwanted, and unappreciated because of where he came from. You know, the unbeliever will always reject that which comes from God. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14, but the, uh, but the natural man receive it, what's the next word? Not. He will not receive the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You know what? The natural man, that unsaved man, he just can't figure out what this is all about. He can't figure out God's gift and what God's gift is for and what it means for him. It's the most important gift that we will ever receive, yet so many just leave it unopened. Another reason for uh, people not wanting the gift and rejecting the gift is because of light. I want you to look at John 3.19 there with me. John 3.19, you see light is a product of the movement uh, of the Holy Spirit. You know, in Genesis 1 verse 2 it says this. Uh, we looked at it in New, in New Hope this week. And it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Notice that word light there. John 3.19, it's mentioned. uh, And it says this, it says, And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And you're going to see yourself in here, because I see myself in here. And men love darkness rather than light. Why do men love darkness rather than light? Well, the rest of the verse goes on to tell us. Have a look at the verse. It says, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil, what's the next word? Hated the light. Don't you not like to be having the light shone on your, what you're doing wrong? We don't mind it for other people because we think they need it more than us. 
But you know what? When that light shines on us and what we're doing, we hate that light. It says, uh, everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know what, Christian, this morning, what's your response to the light? How do you respond to the light? Are you still responding to the light? Well, maybe. When I got saved, I made loads of changes in my life. But is God still shining his torchlight on your life? Is the word of God still revealing itself to you and that you're seeing yourself for what you are and you're, you're adjusting your life to, to fit the scripture and to fit what God would want? Or do you reject the light because you don't want to change your life around? So many reject the light because they're not willing to change. They're not wanting change. You see, we hate change. You know, we want to, we want to just carry on the same. But that's not the way life is. God wants us to move forward and God wants to shine his light in every life so that we can become just like him. What else does God use? Well, God uses the scriptures. I want you to notice that the world responds to, to God's word. And this is often our response too. It's in Zechariah 7 verse 11. And it's a, a wonderful few verses. It says this, but they have refused to hearken. That means listen. They have refused to hearken uh, and put away the shoulder and they put away their shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. That means there's no moving the stone. There's no turning them at that point. Least they should hear the law, God's word, and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent them by, the, by his spirit, by the former prophets. Wherefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. You see, even back in Old Testament days, what did the people do? They refused to listen. They refused to listen. They wanted to do their own thing. And no matter what God done for them, God, God brought them out of darkness. And what did they do? They, they didn't want to turn around. They were wooden torn. They wouldn't shift. They were stuck where they were. Their hearts were hard. They didn't want to listen to the Bible. They didn't want to listen to what God was doing or saying. Are we like that at times? Are we like that when it comes to Scripture and we find something in the Bible that we just that doesn't suit our lifestyle? It, you know, uh, it just doesn't fit us. You know, I talked to somebody this week and, um, you know, I said, this is what the Bible says. And they're like, I know what the Bible says but I don't want to change what I'm doing. So what are we doing? We're doing exactly what the people in Zechariah done. You're refusing to hear. You're turning away, pulling away your shoulder. You're going in a different direction and stopping your ears so you don't hear. They made their hearts as an adamant stone, just as no torn in your heart. You don't want to hear the law. You don't want to hear what God says. You don't want to listen to the... Uh, what the former prophets say, where would you find that in the Old Testament? You know what? We need to give heed to what God says. We need to be Bible-based Christians. And when we're not, we're doing God a disservice. He has given us his word to, uh, for us to know how to live. And when we don't follow um, the Bible, we are in serious, serious trouble. You know what? Man doesn't want Jesus Christ for the same reason they don't want the light and the word of God. Because they come from God. And we want to do our own thing. We want to make our own choices. 
And just like Adam and Eve, we want to make our own choices of what's right and wrong. We don't want God telling us this is right and that's wrong. We want to make those choices ourselves. And, and it's always foolishness. It always hurts us. This is what the Bible says. Where did you, uh, how was Jesus Christ conceived? The um, Bible says this in Matthew 1 verse 20. It says, but while he taught on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Thou son of David, fear not to take Mary, uh, thy wife, that is, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. You see, the same reason why uh, people don't want to um, accept Jesus as the gift of God, accept Jesus as their Savior, is because they don't want to change. You know, Joseph uh, had to make serious changes in his life when Mary uh, was pregnant of the Holy Ghost. Changed his whole world around but he was willing to follow what the Lord had said to him in the dream. And hence we have the Christmas story. You know, um, Christmas is a wonderful time. It's a, a time where families get together. It's a time of giving and receiving gifts. Uh, it's a time of, you know, normally joy. I know Christmas isn't a great time for everybody, but you know what? For most people out there, we're looking forward to Christmas uh, you hear the Christmas songs when you're doing your shopping. You see the lights in the, uh, in the street when you're driving past. I don't know about you, but I like having to wander around the different houses. Now, if you ever catch me looking through somebody's window, I'm just looking at the Christmas decorations. Okay? Um, but isn't it good going back and you're having a little snoop? People do it at our house all the time. Our house is the last house at the park, and everybody looks in our front window. You know? Um, and uh, I wonder what they think when they walk by, mind you. But uh, we like looking at the, all the stuff that me, uh, goes along with Christmas. But you know what? What does this gift mean? What does this gift that came from God mean for man? The implication of this gift is that man needs a savior. How do we know man needs a savior? Because God gave us a savior. If we didn't need it, if we could do it ourselves, if we could make it to heaven on our own, God would have never have sent his son. He would have never have put Jesus through what he had to go through. But because God chose to give his only son, as we read, read about in John 3.16, it means that man has a need of a savior. And if man needs a savior, that means he's lost. He needs saving. And if man needs a savior, that means he's a, a sinner. He's done wrong. He's broken God's law. You know, men don't want to acknowledge their need of a savior because it means that they know they're wrong. In John 1, 29, it says this, but the next day, John seeing Jesus coming onto him, talking about John the Baptist, and saith, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You're in that world. I'm in that world. You know what? We need that Savior because that Savior will take away our sin. A relationship with that Savior, receiving of that free gift of salvation, takes away our sin. We have our sins forgiven. Some people refuse to accept and believe because they, 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 they think they don't need saving. But we need Jesus because we need saving. Why do people refuse? Because they won't believe or accept that they're in need of a Savior. They have a choice to come to Christ, but rather they choose to reject, uh, reject him. 
you know, man will always reject everything that gets in the way of him committing his sin. Let me say that again. Man will always reject something that gets in the way of him uh, going along and doing his sin. It's just always the same. We will blame everything else so we can keep doing what we want to do. You know what? What does this gift mean to you, Christian, this morning? You know, um, you know, what about you? Have you received Christ that at some point in your life you were born again, you were saved, you have a salvation testimony, you know that God uh, has saved you? But is that gift of God, does it seem to be losing its appeal in your life? Don't know about you, but you know what? It seems so great getting presents on Christmas morning. See, a couple of days after that, isn't the excitement gone? Just get fed up with the stuff, don't you? You want something new and shiny. Oftentimes, God's like that in our lives. When we first got saved and we really needed him, it was brilliant. We needed God's deliverance. We needed his salvation. We needed him to give us victory over our sin. But as time goes on and we're living that Christian life, you know what? Your eye can get taken onto something else. You can get fed up with having Christ in your life. You can get fed up by having to turn up at church or, or open your Bible or pray or whatever it might be. Has your attention shifted from your greatest need of God and salvation and getting victory over your sin? And now you're not sure whether you want God in your life. Now you're not sure whether God still fits in your life. Your life should fit in him, not him and you, just so you know. Maybe this morning you're taking God for granted. You know, one of the greatest sins of the church today is we take God for granted. You know, we depended on him for salvation. We depended on him when we needed to be delivered from whatever sin uh, we came to God for, uh, victory over. But once he blesses us, once we, he works in our lives, um, grab your Bibles, will you, and I'll get you torn somewhere. Turn to Deuteronomy with me, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Wonderful passage of, of scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You know, once God starts to bless us, once we get settled, familiarity breeds contempt is what's always said. You know, we often cast God aside. We forget him. How is it even possible that you could forget the greatest gift that you've ever been given? How does a person do that? Look at Deuteronomy verse 8. Look at verse 11 with me. I'm going to read down a little bit. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Starting at verse 11. It's a warning for you. It's a warning. And the warning says this. It says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and judgments and statutes which I commanded thee this day. Least when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, when you are richly blessed, it's talking about when everything you wanted and probably prayed for, God has given you. Look at verse 14. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt. And from the house of bondage. Isn't that us? Isn't that the, the Christian mindset often? Why do you think God had such a problem with the children of Israel? Because they were just like us. 
God brings us, he saves us, he forgives our sin, he gives us victory over sin, he, he, he prospers us, we do well. And what do we do? See you later, God, and we're off doing our own thing. And we forget that it was God, that God is there in the first place. But he says in verse 11, beware. When you read a sign, beware, you better start looking around. Unless it's a beware, there's a dog lives in this house and it's like my dog. My dog would help you rob my house, just so you know. Um, but normally when you see beware, you know there's a danger around here, don't you? There's a risk involved in if you cross that line. Bible warns us, beware, don't forget God. You know what? Don't take him for granted. How do we take him for granted? Um, we, we, uh, we, don't, we don't continue uh, looking in his word. We don't believe his word. We don't stay in it. You know what? If you're feeling a bit hopeless this morning getting his word, Romans 15 verse 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, passage of scripture. Uh, Romans 15 verse 4. You know, are you taking God for granted? You know, uh, from his word. You stop reading his word. You know what? When we don't come to his throne of mercy, what does that mean? When we stop praying. You know what? When you had a great need in your life, what did you do? You pray, don't you? You know what? But what, what, what happens to us then when we don't have needs? We wonder why God sends problems into our lives is to get us to pray. If you were continuously praying and seeking after him, he wouldn't have to send so many trials maybe your way. Um, but let me encourage you. Uh, go to God. Pray. Go, go to his throne of mercy. You know, Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You're struggling this morning. You're a bit low this morning. Go to God. What else do we not do? We stop meeting at his house. We don't go to church. Nehemiah 13 verse 1 says, Then contended I with the rulers and said, Why is this house forsaken? And I gathered them together and set them in their place you know why is it that we stop coming out to church we don't attend the way we should attend because we we take god for granted psalm 63 verse 2 says to see thy power and thy glory as i have seen a thee in the sanctuary you know church is a special place where god has his man uh, pastor gorman here in this local church uh, and god um, will lead pastor on what he should be preaching and he prepares the message uh, with God's help and then with God's power pastor will deliver the message who's the message for? for the people in this church but pastor's responsible for getting with God and getting the message together and studying and praying and, and getting prepared what's our responsibility as believers? to get into those chairs <laughs> and get into those chairs and actually listen and not be falling asleep and not be distracted or not looking at a phone or not thinking about dinner later on or or the snowman the lane talked about earlier, or whatever it might be. Um, to focus on what God has for you this morning. Um, right, let's move along. Uh, what else? By, by rejecting or not ta or taking for granted the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, we need to make sure that we're listening and responding and obeying that still small voice in all of our lives. You know that voice that when you're saying stuff, that little voice comes into your head and says, 
you need to stop talking right now. Do you ever get that? I get that all the time. Okay? I don't always listen to it. But what's God trying to do? God's trying to protect me from what's about to come out of my mouth. Let me encourage you. God wants you to live a holy life that's a good testimony of him. It's in his benefit and interest to help you live that life. And he will use the Holy Spirit to do that. All you and I need to do is be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it will protect us from a whole lot of trouble in our lives. Let's move on a little bit. So what about you this Christmas? What about you? Look at John 1.11. It says this. Uh, and he came unto his own. And his own received him not. You know, what about you this Christmas? Are you taking God for granted? Are you rejecting God's gift? Verse 12 says, But as many as received him, he, uh, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know, the world might reject him, but you don't have to. You know, the world uh, might reject him, but you don't have to be the same as them. You can receive him today. God gave us a wonderful gift. What's his name? His name is Jesus. Never forget. That's why we're here. That's what Christmas is all about. It's all about Jesus. Why? Because God wants you to receive the gift of Jesus. In Romans 6.23 it says, The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What's, what's, what's the gift of God? Salvation. Salvation through the gift of God. That's how we get eternal life because God gave us a gift. You know what? God not only wants you to receive the gift, he wants you to enjoy the gift. Gifts are meant to be enjoyable. You know what? If I give the men's home, you know, I, I picked, uh, I always get the staff, a, a little small present every year, trust me. Uh, Leighton is the same. He does the exact same every year, right? Um, and uh, and uh, when I'm picking a little, you're getting a cup. If you're in here this morning, you're getting a cup. You always get a mug on me, don't you? Every year it's a mug, right? Trust me, there's many fights in the staff office over mugs. Um, but what happens if I wrap up a little note? I want you to do three more sleepovers this month. Happy Christmas. Is that a good gift? Is that a gift? No, because gifts, when, uh, by their very nature, are a blessing to us. They're something we should want to have. They're something we should enjoy. And it's the same with God's gift to us in Jesus. Oh, he brings salvation, yes, but he also wants us to enjoy him. He is the gift. He wants us to worship the gift. We need to worship God. Uh, we're just done. And in Matthew 2, verse 11, it says, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. And what did they do? Worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What did they do when they came into Jesus' presence? They worshipped him. Are you truly worshipping God when you come out to church? Let me encourage you. Get in that place where you're worshipping God. That the distractions are gone. You know what they done then? They presented him with gold, frankincense and more and listen don't put any frankincense or more in the offering this morning but you can't put gold we will take gold um, but what did they do they came and they wanted to be a blessing when was the last time you actually sacrificially gave to God let me encourage you with that
God is the gift. But you know what? When you've been blessed, it's a, you want to be a blessing to somebody else, don't you? Jesus is the gift of Christmas. Remember, when God was choosing his gift or making the plan of salvation for the world, he didn't try to hold back. You know what he gave? He gave his absolute best. And he wants us to give ourselves back to him. Let us finish with this verse. Um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Vincent, if you could come, let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I do pray. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Uh, Lord, we thank you for salvation, the gift of God in each one of our lives. Lord, I do pray as we, uh, as we go our separate ways this morning, Lord, that you would just touch our hearts, that you would help us this Christmas to have a true focus on who you are, what you've done for us, and, Lord, the great salvation that awaits every man when they would just receive you as the gift of salvation. So, Lord, would you bless the rest of our service this morning. We pray that you would help us to live a godly life. Help us not to be uh, a people uh, that, Lord, forget you, but help us to live for you every day, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.